It's Thursday the 25th of March. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. Shane Lee, how are you, my dear old thing? Oh, dear old thing. That's very nice of you, Tim. Um, I'm great. It was <laughs> nice to have a bit of sun on your back yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? The blue sky. It's like, who would have ever thought we'd be celebrating blue sky after all the droughts and, the, and the, the hot weather that we've had over the past 18 months? But yeah, the blue sky came out. There's plenty of blue sky in the world of sport. Today, we're going to talk to Shad Wicker. He is a very, very funny man, and he loves his rugby league, the comic. So we're going to get him on the program. Drew Jones from Fox Sports is also on, and tomorrow, someone is going to walk away with that Spartan sign bat by Chris Gale. Again, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook. That is Afternoon Sport. And who knows, that bat may be yours. So, Shane, no Nathan Cleary tonight, and this is because of that hit from Dallin Watini Zelezniak, and if I was a, a an avid Panthers supporter, I'd be pretty upset by all of this because uh, Zelezniak's gone for two weeks, but you got your star player on the sideline. Yeah, you do, mate, and this is an interesting story in itself. You know, the Panthers versus the Storm, it's obviously the last year's grand final replay. Um, Nathan Cleary, you know, they, they'd won every match leading up into the grand final, like 19 in a row, and then Nathan Cleary didn't have such a good game. So that's going to be a big miss. It would have been good to see him um, turn it around against the Storm this round. Um, the other factor of this story is that, you know, you had guys like Paul Kent saying the Panthers should have got written Matthew Burton. Um, he's obviously signed with the Bulldogs. You've got Arthur Laundy, the pub owner, coming out and saying, let him go, let him go. The reason that he's in the Panthers squad is because of potential injuries to someone like Nathan Cleary. So in will come Matt Burton, who's a, you know, a talented boy from Dubbo, and uh, to replace Nathan Cleary. So interesting to watch how he goes tonight. Obviously, Ryan Pappenhausen is out as well from the Storm. So the Storm's best player and probably the Penrith Panthers' best player in Cleary, both out. Yeah, that evens things up a bit. I, I really do think they need to clamp down on these high shots. I really do. I was sort of with Paul Ken on this uh, and Nathan Cleary uh, missing this week. Hopefully, from a Panthers perspective, he'll be back next week. 75,000 potentially at the MCG. Isn't that just music to sports lovers' ears uh, when you think that this could be the biggest crowd since the start of the COVID pandemic? Mate, unbelievable. And uh, I was fortunate enough to play at the MCG when it was packed. Uh, close to 100,000 people there a couple of times. There is no better place in the world to play sport when there's a big crowd. And uh, I'm sure that both the Collingwood and the Carlton boys will be pumped when they run out there tonight. Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield. This fight looks like it's going to happen. Lots of money. I'll tell you what, it looks like lottery numbers, the, the numbers that they're talking about that these guys will get paid. My big question is, I was in the Channel 9 newsroom when it happened, when Mike took a, a piece of his ear. Uh, <laughs> will, will Evander go into the ring with earmuffs on? <laughs> well, he could do. But I tell you what, um, Tyson's 54, Holyfield 58. They've probably both got dentures now, so I'm not sure if they'll be biting any years off. But um, look, they're, they're two, two great sportsmen. I'm not sure I really want to watch, although I probably will, watch two guys um, in the twilight of, <laughs> twilight of their lives probably fighting uh, a lot slower and a lot less powerful. But uh, wait and see. Well, that would be a funny image, wouldn't it? <laughs> if he goes for the gnaw and next thing you know, you appeal for the white shot and the teeth are just sticking on Vander's ear. And finally, the career of Anthony Mundine has come to an end. He's retired. And uh, uh, when you look back, probably, if not the greatest crossover athlete 
we've seen in this country. He's right up there. Mate, he definitely is, mate. Uh, ended up with 59 fights, 48 wins, um, 28 knockouts and, and only 11 losses. Um, and you know, he played 134 first-grade games in rugby league too in one state of origin. Definitely a great crossover athlete. But just seems to me it's a bit like the the drunk in the pub that has one beer too many. Um, he probably went on probably went on for two or three fights too many, I reckon, which is a shame. But saying that, great athlete, great sportsman. Yeah, well done, Chuck. What an amazing career. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, he is an absolute encyclopedia of AFL, Drew Jones. AFL, what a cracking start last weekend. Upset after upset. There's uh, nothing that this guy does not know about AFL. From Fox Sports, it is Drew Jones. How are you? Morning, boys. Round two, very excited. And, uh, yeah, big crowd expected tonight, of course, for Carlton against Collingwood. Mate, so let's talk through that. For for those who uh, don't live in Melbourne, um, what's that rivalry like between Carlton and Collingwood? What can we expect tonight? Well, two of the oldest clubs in the history of the game, uh, and there's always been feeling between Carlton and Collingwood going back to the VFL days. Of course, mm. the Blues uh, have the most premierships in VFL, AFL history, and Collingwood have been in the most grand finals out of any club. They just haven't won uh, a whole heap of them. So uh, it goes back a long way and uh, rooted in the history of the game is Carlton versus Collingwood and massive clashes between the two. We haven't seen them both be great at the same time for a long time. Um, and they're both striving to do that, as we know. Um, and it's we don't often see them face off this early in the season. So one of the interesting things about tonight is that um, there's probably a little bit more optimism around the Blues, even mm. though they've come off a loss. You know, they, they had their chances against the Tigers. You know, Richmond put the foot down late, as you expect them to do. Um, but often um, we get this early season, uh, I guess, optimism around the Blues um, after they compete well with the Tigers. It's just can they back it up and yeah. actually turn it into victories, which doesn't always happen. Um, and I think the consensus was that last week Collingwood were probably lucky not to lose by eight goals. Like They were dominated by the Bulldogs. Um, yeah. Collingwood defended really hard. Um but the dogs didn't take their chances. And if they play like that again, Collingwood, they're going to get knocked off mm. by Carlton and start the season zero and two. You know, you'd expect a response, um, but they're going to have to be a lot better. Well the, well, the pressure's on Collingwood though, isn't it? The pressure really is because there are some green shoots coming through this Carlton Blues. And I know their history and this an, an enormous sort of appetite for success, but it just hasn't been there. So I think the expectation in Carlton has been set at a, at a bar. But at Collingwood, if they go down to Carlton in this game after everything that's gone on, uh, with Buckley unsigned, with the Trelaw thing, be badly beaten by the Bulldogs, or, or you know, well, a lot of Collingwood fans will see it as a, as a bad loss. They're, they're under some heat. Absolutely. And it doesn't get easier for Collingwood. I know it, it's you don't want to look too far ahead, um, but in round three, they, they take on Brisbane, who could be smarting coming off a loss to Geelong, potentially. They could be 0-2 and, mm. and trying to save their season. They've got GWS, and then they've got West Coast in a Friday night game. You know, Collingwood is staring down the barrel of 1-4, and 0-5, and five, you know, if they don't get this right. Um, so it's a massive game for both teams. Um, at the start of the year, I actually 
well, the start of the season, I actually had a little bet with uh, Rob Waters, who's a, a reporter here for Channel 10, that uh, Carlton would finish above Collingwood. I believe this was the season they would cross over in the ladder. Mm-hmm. Rob's a Collingwood fan. He's adamant that won't happen. Um, <laughs> so I'm actually tipping an upset tonight. I think the Blues are going to get the chocolates. I like what they, I saw last week. You know, Mackay and Casbolt were underdone. They've got an extra week to get themselves right. Jack Martin's going to come back and play. Uh, and then we're also going to see uh, Zach Williams make his debut for the Blues. There's a couple of really big ins um, and a few guys will be in better shape, better nick um, in their front half than they were in round one. So, yeah, I think the Blues get the, du- the job done here. Yeah, talking about, uh, Drew, talking about other guys coming back, uh, the Swans had a brilliant win first round. Um, it's the first time I've seen their midfield in years. They, had look, they looked quick, they looked fast, they looked uh, agile. But Buddy's coming back after a year out. He's had a lot of hamstring problems. How do you think he'll go? Oh, I'm really excited about this. It yeah. sounds as though the Swans have really made sure that he's cherry ripe, okay. um, which perhaps hasn't always been the case previously because of the yeah. thirst to get him back into the team. Um, but also a lot of positive noises coming from the Franklin camp about how excited he is to be back playing footy um, and his enthusiasm for the game certainly isn't dampening or wavering as he's getting older. So um, that leads me to believe that he's, you know, he's doing all the one percent as he's leaving no stone unturned in terms of getting himself right to play footy. And the byproduct of that is goals, entertainment and highlights. And that's yeah. what we want. So the hard work done by Buddy really is a win for everyone else. He's, he ticked over his 300th game the last time that he played and he's sitting on 944 career goals. <laughs> he's got 20 games maybe this season, maybe 18 if we're being conservative with him, to kick 56 and get to the 1,000. He would do that previously in a canter. Yeah. Older buddy, who knows, but that is a realistic goal and something for us to look forward to. And he's good enough, he's shown over his career, to kick big hauls of goals. So yeah. hopefully that starts against the Crows. The Swans, possibly the most impressive team in round one. Yeah. They were fantastic. Yeah. kids. Errol Goulden was amazing. Um, and to see their young players really blossom against Brisbane was fantastic. And what about, you know, Shane Warne, Molly Meldrum, Tracy Grimshaw, all these avid St Kilda fans, they saw a reason to dream, to dare to dream in round one. Of course, they have not won the premiership since decimal currency, since 1966. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, that was awesome by St Kilda. The size of the heart from the Saints in round one was the most impressive thing. They had nine players from their best 22 not available. They have had ridiculous bad luck with injury with broken legs and Max King getting hit by a golf ball, which is, you know, his mate hit it, you know, sideways off the tee. So many um, moments during the preseason which haven't quite gone their way um, and they were able to get it done against the Giants who, who themselves were missing a couple but on their home deck against a, a severely depleted side. The Giants just had to win that game. Um, but the, the Saints just kept finding, you know, that little bit extra when it mattered. Um, and, you know, if they're getting wins with their depth players um, the early in the season with so many to come back, you have to say it's a really good sign for them competing hard for a premiership. So they've got the, the Ds on Saturday night in the, um, the Time to Talk Spuds game, which is close to our hearts at, at Fox Sports and Fox Footy with all proceeds 
going to Movember and also the Danny Frawley Mental Health Centre as well. Um, Robbie Tarrant um, has got some health issues. The uh, the Kangaroos um, legend, is, is he in for kidney surgery? Yeah, so he's got a small mass on his kidney. Um, they've actually known about this for a little while, or Robbie's known about it for a while, mm. um, but because he's got his groin injury is not getting any better, so that's why they've chosen to go in okay. for surgery. So um, there's no indication um, that it adversely will affect his health. And I listened to someone talk about this yesterday, and it reminded me of the Karis Levert situation in the NBA. I'm not sure if you guys heard mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. We, got, we got traded from Brooklyn to Houston, went through a routine medical, and they found this little growth on his kidney. Uh, and he ended up having surgery. He's now back playing for the Houston Rockets where he was traded to. So it's not a career-ending thing. Um, for Robbie, but hopefully we'll see him in the second half of the season. But he's a crucial player for the Kangaroos and every one of their senior key players they need out in the field this season. Big time. Yeah, yeah, he'll be missing for half the year. They, they had a pretty uh, pedestrian start to the season, but it is only one round. Drew, always good to chat tonight. They're, they're saying that this could be the biggest crowd in the world since COVID. Of course, the availability at the ground will be 75,000. I don't think you'll get much less than that for Carlton and Collingwood, these two mighty, mighty footy teams. Good to chat, bud. Thanks, boys. Have a great day. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, he's a very funny man and he loves his rugby league. Shad Wicker. Oh, it, it just seems a bit more normal. Footy's back, crowd's back. We're talking about record crowds now that 75% in Melbourne. And look, for his take on rugby league, I love this guy. Comic Shad Wicker joins us. How are you, Shad? No, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Great, Chad. Quick quick question, mate. Now, you were a formerly a North Sydney Bears supporter, weren't you? I was. I was a Bears fan when I was a kid, just as I was getting into rugby league. And <laughs> as we all know, that worked out fantastic. <laughs> they still they still exist, obviously, as the Roosters feeder club. And they've had recent publicity with Joseph Suwali. But you had to go and find another club because they're not in first grade anymore. No, exactly. It was pretty devastating being a kid. I'm not going to lie. I was like, finally going to a game. I was like, this is great. I've got a signed jersey um, from back in the day as well that sits in my uh, in my cupboard. I went along with one of my best mates, uh, my, my mate Walter. And then uh, as we grew up and the team got kicked out, he's a Kiwi. Uh, and I was born in the Pacific Islands. So we just made the logical step to go for the Warriors, which has been nothing but a pain growing up in Queensland. <laughs> yeah, my 12-year-old son calls them the Warriors. Um, they're, they're going slightly better. They're going slightly better. Now, now let's get into a bit of stuff. You're, you're based in Queensland. You've got the most interesting background as well um to how you got there like from a from a family perspective yeah well my um i was born like i said in in the pacific islands and but my old man is actually pakistani so i was like i was born over in the islands moved to australia when i was like about i think i was about three or four when we moved to cairns and then uh then i just enjoyed kind of traveling around australia for a bit wherever my um family was decided to live i'll be honest with you like i i go for Queensland. My dad is an avid Queenslander so like as well. But if I had to play, I've spent a lot of time growing up in New South Wales and my old man always got worried about that. But luckily I was never good at footy. Man, I'm well, glad. You, there might be a little bit of blue in your butt, in your body as well. Now, I read once that you were actually invited to be 
um, the manly mascot. Were you you're not keen on getting bashed or something? You didn't do it. No, I, do, I didn't get invited. <laughs> but what, what actually happened was I was at a game. This is why I hate manly. So I was at a game uh, watching Manly play. I was actually in the Central Coast. Remember when the Central Coast Stadium used to be Blue Tongue? Mm, yep. Yep. Be called. I remember I was at a game there and me and my mates were a bit younger, but we were just uh, enjoying what you shouldn't do in the crowd anymore. But we were giving it to this Manly Sea Eagle that was running around. And uh, he just got a bit sick of it, I think, by the end of it, about these kids kind of giving him too much stick. So we came over and actually head-butted me right in the face, <laughs> like with <Yes>. the beak. <laughs> so if I didn't have enough reasons already that like, the Manly Seagulls managed to kick my club out of the competition, um, getting head-butted by the mascot, I think, definitely locked it all in for me. It was probably a young Trebojevic. Yeah, well, there's, there's a few of them. Look, the, with a Pakistani dad, look, Shane played a lot of cricket over there. I covered a lot of cricket in the sub. Wasn't it cricket? Mate, it's for my for my dad, it kind of was. But the thing is, is like there's not an athletic bone in my old man's body. Like he was a chef. Like he just stayed, he just went straight to the kitchen to work there. We never, i would be honest with you, we never even played. I don't even think I've seen my dad bowl at all. <laughs> That's big for some of them. I bet she makes a good biryani anyway, I'm sure. Mate, I'll tell you what, there is nothing he can't make. Like yeah, I'm not going to lie. Except he just can't yeah. bowl spin. That's the biggest problem. <laughs> We need an afternoon sport dinner, that's for sure, with your dad. Yeah. Um, so do you follow the Broncos now when you're in Brisbane? Man, it is it is hard to escape today. I moved yeah. to Brizzy uh, two years ago and I was pull, I started doing some work for Nova and they're a big sponsor of the Broncos here. So you'd cool. see, you know, I'd see uh, all the boys kind of come through the studio and stuff. So you you'd can't escape the Broncos being in Brisbane. I know that sounds like obvious, but it's until you're kind of moving here, even being in Cairns where it was all Cowboys based to come down to Brisbane. It's like a whole nother level. And, and I do gigs just up the road from, from the Caxton. So you'll occasionally see Alfie uh, wander his way up and down Caxton street, obviously <laughs> behaving himself, definitely not doing anything uh, too untoward, but now it's, it's a shambles here. Hey, it's like, the place is completely turned. Look, soon they're going to take down the statues. I'm not going to lie. Well, it's been <laughs> extraordinary, hasn't it? Look, look, my wife's a Queenslander. If you go to Origin in Queensland, you just see maroon jerseys everywhere. It is, it's a way of life. And Brisbane has taken on that mantle since they came into the competition. But to come dead last, they have been built on a bedrock of success, Shad. Yeah, it's I've I've been seeing uh, more and more Titans jerseys around the CBD. Wow, okay. Like I, I honestly think it's like the, the wave is turning. It's it, I don't understand. Well, I do actually. I reckon a few years ago, the when it turned for me for the Broncos, I reckon on a personal view, it sounds stupid and it sounds really state of origin like. But the moment they started bringing in a lot of New South Welshmen like high quality or high paid should probably be the more accurate term. Like New South Wales players into that squad. It kind of seemed like it was changing to the wrong way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember going to, uh, to, to Queensland to play cricket and uh, they're pretty shrewd up there because the, the wicket would be green. You'd be facing guys like McDermott and Kasperwitz and Bickle and these guys. 
And under your under your hotel door every time was a about a hundred drinks cards for city rowers. So of course you have to drink those beers, and uh, it, it doesn't turn out really well when you do that in the hot Queensland sun. <laughs> Mate, you've just got to stay over for a bit longer. Eventually, it's the only way to survive the Queensland. Sun. Yeah, it turns things around. It's so territorial, isn't it? Though, like it's interesting you mention that. And like I'm an avid Blues fan, do work for the Blues. But Benny Elias, and this is a true story, got in a cab up in Brisbane once post his playing career, and he said to the cab driver, "I want to go to position X, wherever it was." And he said, "You look like that uh, New South Wales hooker, Benny." Loss. He goes, I am, I am. He goes, get out of my cab. Get out. <laughs> I love those stories, eh? There's a, there's a few other ones where they, um, they, like Caxton Street's always been the best part at the end of the Origin Games when the buses have to drive to leave Suncorp. They have to drive up Caxton Street. And I remember when, uh, when you know, do you remember, I don't know if you remember, it may have been too long ago for you, but when the worst ever Queensland team managed to beat you guys. Oh, hang on, that was only last year. That's right. Ooh. That's right. Forgot about that. Uh, when our worst ever team managed to beat you guys, I was uh, pulling beers up on Caxton Street after a gig, and uh, the New South Wales bus, I don't think, decided to, they skipped driving up Caxton. I think they went the other way, where you can go down through Milton and uh, go past the Forex Brewery so you can see the greatest beer as you leave. But the, the Queensland bus came up, and uh, it has the cop escort as you go along up Caxton Street. It got up to the intersection, the thing had to sit there for 25 minutes, nearly half an hour, because Munster and uh, the boys were sitting in the front window, just constantly seeing all the punters running straight up, shaking hands through the windows. And they literally sat there, like I said, for nearly half an hour. Like it's, <laughs> it's an amazing sight to see because I lived in New South Wales for a bit and I unfortunately had to watch you guys pump us uh, at ANZ. But, you know, I, I don't know if there is there an equivalent to that kind of situation down south? I feel like there I'll is. Tell you- well, you have abandoned New South Wales, haven't you? You have absolutely taken on everything. You'd be an Anastasia Palaszczuk fan now too, aren't you? Mate, I love her. Anastasia Palaszczuk. That's my bait. Love that lady. I love what she did like after we uh, – when they were trying to open up the borders – and uh, she gets the text after she wins the election. Do you guys hear about that down south? I saw it, yeah. <laughs> Tell us more, though. Mate, I love that. We, uh, we got a text after our election, which was before the game won. I believe it was. And uh, it was like, oh, now it's time to probably open up the borders. That Gladys sent a text out. Can you open up the borders now that you've been re-elected? She didn't, she left her on scene, saw the message, waited until the Thursday after we won in origin, and then just sent a text back saying Queenslander. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Hold another election. I want to re-elect her. Can we just do it a week later? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure she's the full queen, I reckon. I'm not- <laughs> oh. Oh, man, how dare you? She keeps us safe. I'm on Gladys' side. <laughs> well, she kept you working anyway. Mate, 100%. I mean, it's it's uh, COVID's a weird time for comedy. I, I, I'm not at a level where I can sell Zoom tickets so that people can mm. sit on, with a muted microphone and hear me rant for nonstop, which, to be honest, just sounds like a podcast. But I, uh, <laughs> I got really busy during COVID here because when we shut our border, but was opened up, none of the pros could get up here, you know, no Husey could get into town. So now they had to ring up me. So I was like, you know what, shut it down again. Maybe I'll finally get the, the resurgence in my career that I need. Hey, Shad, just, just quickly, mate, um, two rounds in the NRL. Uh, who are you tipping to, to, for the premiership this year? Mate, I've like, I've kind of feel bad that Penrith, Kind of choked it up last year. Yep. Yep. And I'd like to, like, obviously they've got the injuries this week, but I feel like they're 
the goods, but I will get shot if I don't say the Rabbitohs. Wow. Family that back them so hard. Okay. Um, back home. Thanks to my stepdad. He's a huge fan. He marched back in the day to okay. get him wow. back in the comp. So I'll, I'll say the Rabbitohs. And I also think the one advantage to the Rabbitohs as well is Wayne seems to have a good way of making troubled players play well by just mm. letting We've them got do whatever the hell they want. Yep. And it seems like that's working with Latrell at the moment. So I'll, I'll lead onto the Rabbitohs for my family, but just quietly, I think the Panthers might have it this year. Yeah, well, it's going to be a huge game tonight, of course. Okay. It's, it's Penrith taking on Melbourne. Shad, I could talk to you for a lot longer, mate. I'm really enjoying it. So uh, we've got to get you back on afternoon sport. Mate, just very quickly, out of, a, out of a, an air of concern, did that um, headbutt from the, the Seagulls sustain any injuries, any long-term stuff? Oh, mate, I, I think this is going to try and lead me. I'll tell you what, he only got my first head, so I've still got the second one running through. Oh, oh. Hey, Tim, Tim, Timmy, one other quick question. You mentioned that story about Benny mm-hmm. Elias going to uh, Club X. Where, where's that? Oh, no, no, no. no. Oh, yeah, yeah oh, exactly. I, I, thought you were, I thought you were a VIP. <laughs> okay. It's called honeybees, mate. So. Oh, you were too busy at the rowers doing your best. Throw an ad break quick, oh. Tim. <laughs> Shad, good to talk to you, mate. Cheers, guys. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you goes to Shad Wicked, Drew Jones, and, of course, our sponsor, Shane. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook. That is Afternoon Sport. And you may win that cricket bat signed by Chris Gale tomorrow. A big, big thank you to our man. Of course, his name is Dan McHugh. He puts this all together. See you tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.